Forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say that there are two types of people in this world. Those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. But damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing you the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. Hey Jordan, how's it going? Yay, yay. Big announcement. Big announcement. It is a big announcement. It's a Christmas My family miracle. doesn't even know. <laughs> I'm recording this. Zach and JR, you know because I love you more than my parents. And that's pretty much <laughs> where we're at. Uh, I've always no, kind of known uh, that. So- I know. I know. I'm surprising them on Christmas Eve that I'm moving back to Washington, me and Sammy both. Um, so right now I'm sitting in my empty apartment with boxes everywhere because the moving company is doing a two-day expedition they knocked out today and they got tomorrow and then everything's gonna be gone and i'll be coming back on thursday so uh, my computer's not here my microphone's not here and i am talking into my phone so if the audio is shitty i apologize i know this is the conclusion of our mandalorian saga so it breaks my heart but there has been uh, a lot going on the past two weeks i did find an apartment last week in seattle actually flew down for a quick trip um, be I disapprove, by the way, but I know that doesn't matter. Zach sent me probably 30 listings in Maple Valley uh, by his house, um, but they just didn't fit my <laughs> aesthetic requirements. So I went through each What one, are Zach, your aesthetic requirements? Let's, let's talk yeah. about this, though, because you're working in Bellevue. So why? Mm-hmm. how did we land in Seattle to live? Um, if if there is more than 1,000 square feet, I get, I get anxious. So I, I, I want a box, dude. I want to be in... I want my, my couch and my bed, and then like the floor is lava. I have to crawl. You get anxious. Like, that's, that's what I'm looking for. No, no, I just didn't want to. Honestly, I didn't want to go north. Um, cause 405, fuck 405. I know it's COVID right now, but who knows when that shit. Yeah, comes but you're back. gonna have to take the, You're gonna have to take that bridge now. Every day. I know. I know. Shit. But it's not. It's not. It's not the same. From what I've been told. Um, but also we are gonna be moving around a lot. You know, we moved to Anchorage. Moving back to Seattle, probably moving out of state after that, and we just uh, we want to take advantage of living in Seattle while we can, because who knows where we go next? And if I go to fucking Ohio or fucking like Arkansas next, I I will never be able to experience living downtown in a metropolitan city. I feel that Cleveland. That makes that we want to take advantage of the situation. I feel you on that one. I you know I hear Seattle is a beautiful place to be in the middle of a in the quarantine. It's real. Uh, so it's actually the best time to move to Seattle. Uh, worst time to live in Seattle. Absolutely. 
Uh, <laughs> everybody's moving out of Seattle, so we're getting great deals. They're like giving us free months of rent, discounting our parking. Like it's, it's actually going to be cheaper wow. to live there than it is currently where we're living. Um, wow. So <laughs> what? It's, it's the time. Whoa. It's the time of the fucking. Of our life There's like nobody there either. That's nuts. There's nobody no. downtown. No, no. We we it's, even checked out in Renton and shit. And this desolate. is cheaper than Renton. This is like, it's, yeah, it's nuts. Everywhere else is expensive. Isn't that funny? It's Seattle raised the rates because of how big Amazon made it, and now like it's empty. Everybody still has the same rates outside of, except for Seattle is desolate yeah. and so Dude, they everywhere around Seattle went up because of this shit. Because everywhere yeah, they're out, gonna hike so. those rates <laughs> up though in like a year. Yeah, they will. Oh, yeah, there's no way. Sure. I signed a 16-month yeah. lease, so as long as it happens after that, I'm going to fuck. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the, hence the audio. But that's not what we're here for. Um, we're here to talk about Mandalorian. But before we go there, um, our third host, uh, published author and future banana hammock model, Zach Barlow. What? How you living, kid? <laughs> Pretty good. I'm not a future banana hammock model. Leopard that print. was uh, weird. Don't- don't limit yourself. What are you talking about? You can Weird, do it. Weird uh, miss, misstep <laughs> there. But I'm doing good, man. I, I, I'm getting ready for Christmas. I'm excited. Um, tis the season. Tis the season. Mandalorian season finale. I feel like we've been building towards this for a couple months now. So it's, it's big. This is big. Yeah. It's end of an era, really, until the next season comes out. But the times we... You know, I'd like to thank um, John Favreau. Uh, Johnny Fab, Johnny Fab. My mom for taking me to uh, the premiere of Star Wars Episode One by myself and for getting me there because I think that really uh, made me a lifelong Star Wars fan. Yeah. Anyway, I'm good. There you go. <laughs> good to see you, bro. Good to see you. Yeah. We are concluding the saga, and we have a two-parter coming to you. We have, well, not two-part episode, but a two episode reflection. We have uh, Chapter 15, The Believer, and Chapter 16, The Rescue coming your way but before we go into the mandalorian we gotta talk about them drinks so we have zach doing the beverage breakdown this week which i am giddy for so without further ado let's go into that breakdown Right. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, this is a brewery that I've known about for uh, almost a year, but I've never actually had their beer before. Um, they're called Medier Brewery. They're in Woodenville, Washington, and they are the one and only black-owned brewery in the state of Washington. The only one. Really? Um, and wow. it's... Um, just really dope to be up there. So um, the other day we just drove out there. We said, fuck it, let's just go. And, uh, um, you know, we asked if they do beers to go. They do. So they give you these cans. But really this is just from the, t- the tap. And they what they do is they pour it into this can. And then they, they have a canning machine right next to their tap. So they just throw it in the canning machine and can it up for you. And then, and then you know, send you on your way. So I thought that was pretty cool. I've never seen a canning machine. Um, but, uh. Yeah, so Medier is the is the brewing brewery. I am drinking Horizon IPA, which is their uh, award-winning flagship beer, and uh, it is okay. described as deliciously citrus IPA brewed with sweet orange peels. This brew has a balanced bitterness and is way too easy to gulp down. Magnum, Amarillo, 
Hazaka, and Idaho 7 hops. It's a 7.5 ABV, and uh, so pretty pretty hefty, and uh, mm -hmm. we'll give a, a review here. In your frosted glass, which I know I'm required to mention. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta understand that the glass means everything. The gel is frozen within the glass. So, the color is pretty golden. It's actually a little bit lighter than um, I would would expect, especially for like a citrus IPA. I think that normally when you think about citrus IPAs, you think about hazy IPAs. This IPA is not hazy at all. There's no like cloudiness to it. It's actually quite crisp. Um, you can see through it. It almost could be mistake, mistaken, I think, as like a, a lager or a blonde. Um, but once you kind of get a taste of it, so good What's that's not a logger or a blonde you know that for a fact it has a decent bite um you, you do taste that that orange flavor um it doesn't shy away from the bitterness i think that some ipas kind of try to like mask its bitterness with like a sweet palate um this one mm -hmm. is not doing that it's kind of just saying yeah we're here there's this is a 7.5 there's going to be a kick um which i respect i like it um i i definitely can taste that that citrus it's a bit bitter um crisp and uh it kind of does the job for me w when i drink a cold ipa it's weird but like have you ever drinking really fucking cold water and you drink so much of it that like the back of your throat kind of hurts a little bit like it's, and then you get this it hurts so good it's like though. yeah 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 it's i've always thought that ipas like kick was a similar kind of experience for me where it's kind of like the back of your throat it's kind of like it's like a not great but like it's a refreshment it's like telling you that you're it's a refreshing type of experience and um it i think barks. this ipa has that bite. has that bitterness and that kick to it that that i really look for in ipa so um i highly recommend i have a lot more of these beers that i'm going to be trying over the holidays which i'm really looking forward to um horizon so, is their right. flagship it's kind of their their bread and butter so this is what they built their franchise off of so it's cool to start with this one but solid ipa and uh shout out to medier for uh for having us and um you done good how do you spell medier how do you spell medier see uh m-e-t-i-e-r medier okay. medier <clears throat> brewery in woodenville washington m-e-t-i-e-r yeah we're always talking about supporting local businesses but it's never been a more important time to support uh local black owned businesses so that's fucking awesome yeah uh, check out medier um, I am not going to go too deep into my beverage breakdown because I'm just drinking a lesion, but it's their Bifrost winter ale. And uh, long story short, it doesn't taste like a winter beer, which I was at first like disappointed with because like I'm in the winter season. I want that heavier beer. This one is 8.3% and it tastes like a hazy IPA. So there's a lot of citrus and very little like spice or sweet or cinnamon or whatever they're going for with usually winter, winter beers. The maltiness is gone. It just tastes like a pale ale, and it's super, super um, refreshing, and it has 8.3. So at first I was disappointed because it's not a winter beer, but I realized that this will get the job done, and you won't even know it's happening. So it's kind of impressive. So that's my thought on Elysian's Bifrost. It's going to be good. You're going to drink around the fire. You're going to have two or three, and then you're going to be sitting on Santa's lap and letting you know it. <laughs> See those are my schemes And these are my plans I text for the boys 
All right, so uh, this follows the last two episodes is chapter 15 um, and 16. Uh, the chapter 15 is the believer. Uh, Dune uses her new credentials as a marshal of the New Republic to transfer Mayfield, and Mayfield is Bill Burr. They need they have a plan to get uh, follow um, Moff Gideon's cruiser because he has little baby Grogu. I said that right. You killed time. it, dude. And, you did a great uh, job, dude. You crushed that. Um, I'm so proud of you. And so they need uh, Mayfield because he has credentials from his past life. And uh, he needs to get to a kind of like a special base off of, um, you know, like a, I guess you would call it like a, a fort kind of area. And he needs to go put the credentials in it to track. Yeah. And so. Um, this is kind of a it's kind of a big episode because this is one where um where Mando was forced to remove his helmet. You know, it, we we call it, it is a transfer kind of what we call like an in-between episode, but the big part is you get to see uh Pedro Pascal's face for the first we time. We talked about this too in, earlier in the season like the significance of like right. different Mandalorian's ideologies and um Right. How like not every Mandalorian is built the same, and a lot of that is showcased through their use of armor and the and like who shows their face and who doesn't. And so this push right. for for Mando to Dinger into like start to be forced to remove his helmet, I think is is significant in a lot of different ways. But we can we can get to that later. Yeah, because Bo Bo-Katan didn't yeah. fuck. She took her helmet off right away. Yeah, and that was and that yeah, was a beef could... that they had in the very beginning when they met. If you don't remember mm-hmm, when they yeah. first met. Um, he saw that Bo-Katan had her helmet off and his first commentary was like, give me your armor, you're not a Mandalorian. Because his belief is like, if you don't, if you don't believe what I believe, like if you're not the type of Mandalorian I am, which is from Death Watch, which is like actually more of a like extremist sect of Mandalorian, then you're not Mandalorian at all. And Bo-Katan is literally like the princess of, she's like the leader of Mandalorians who is a, a, a bit more relaxed on, on those rules. So, um, that is, fair, I though, think that's a big kind of uh, plot point in, in, in this story. That's like the second line of dialogue in Mando's like mental capacity is like, hey, hey, what's your name? Uh, give me your armor, you're not a Mandalorian. Like, that's the second thing he says when he meets like, meets people. Yeah, because I think he's, <laughs> I think he's a zealot, yeah. dude. Like, I think he's a, an extremist. Like, uh, for oh, real. Yeah. And, sure. and I think that when he, he sees people in armor, the first thing he does is essentially check their gangster. And like, if they don't I love- measure up, to like his fucking standard of Mandalorian, then he's like, "Give me your fucking, give me your shoes." Like, like that's like the type of Mando that. he is. Before this episode, before we started recording, we're like, "All right, we're gonna let Jared get through the whole story." Of I know, chapter fifteen know. and the whole story, of chapter sixteen. Never happens. And then, it never, never happens. It will never happen. Ever. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm gonna fade out. No, no, I love it. Bring it back. It's dude. fine. It's yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's great. Um. So uh, there's a lot that goes on. Obviously, there's like a uh, the great thing. The great thing about Mando is Mandalorian is they do a lot of action in between. Like it's almost like strategic and where they put the action. So there's a lot of action. There's some chasing going on. There's some obviously blowing things up. Um, and of course with uh with Mayfield, he's he's kind of off the hinge a little bit. So he's you know obviously there's some complications. They get into the the base. They, you know, they, there's some things that have to happen. Mando takes his helmet off. They start sitting down with the general. 
which is, by the way, if you watch Batman Begins, he is actually the Thomas Wayne and uh, uh, Martha Wayne's killer, uh, which is really a famous character no in Batman. Fuck yep, that guy. That dude. actor, yep. Who is Joe Cool, right? Yep. And he uh, obviously is freaking annoying, of course, because he's asking stupid questions, and you're like, where is this going to go? And Mayfield just, he was talking basically a, a very sensitive subject with with Mayfield, um, which he gloats about the uh, atrocities committed by the Empire in an Operation Cinder, yep. which uh, Mayfield uh, the Empire, and the Mandalorian right? escape with the help of Finnick. Yep. So Dune and and the, um, and Fed are like outside. They're kind of like snipers with um, I always forget her name. It's she's Chung Lee from the Star Finnick. <laughs> the uh Street Street or Finnick, right? She's uh Chung Lee from uh, the nineteen ninety four. They're like laying uh, Overwatch down. Movie. Is she for sure Chung Lee in nineteen ninety four? Fucking so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, that's the same I know, actress like... that played Chung Lee sixteen years ago. I know. She's like fifty seven years old. I was telling Amber she looks pretty good for She looks twenty five. You know. Are you fucking kidding me? She's Alright, boy, settle down. Yeah. That's Chung Lee from, she's fifty seven. She's fifty seven. Good for her, yeah. dude. I want, her, I want her fucking moisturizer secret. <laughs> moisturizer. I don't, I don't think that works. You know, she's probably from like a like a humidity like you know country. Like her family. She's probably, you know, she probably like lives in super vegan. Runs like ten miles a day and like works out. So do four I. Times. Do you? I look yeah, terrible. Yeah. I look like a yeah. walking before picture. I, mean, I work out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, Mayfield shoots that that commanding officer. Ensues the war. Uh, ensues the escape, and um, obviously they get the transmission. And Mandel, in his normal badass style, sends a nice little message that was very similar to Gideon that had that he had given to him mm-hmm. on. I'm coming after you. It was like his his uh fucking taken moment, like his Liam Neeson yeah. like very special <laughs> set of skills. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, he was like guess what, motherfucker? I'm coming for you. A jetpack. Yep. Uh, so that's based, You know, that's that's chapter fifteen. You know, it's a uh, uh, like we call uh, we like to say in between episodes, but with some action and a little bit of purpose and a little bit of um. You know, you know, we we talked about the helmet, and he was very critical throughout every episode up until that one. <laughs> so about his helmet, so I think it's a very in between, but has some very significant moments episode. Yeah, and and I don't want to park on this episode too much, um, because obviously the finale is what we're here to talk about for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I, I I thoroughly enjoyed chapter fifteen. I thought that um, we carried a. I, I honestly think Bill Burr is a better actor than he is a comedian. I thought he crushed it in this episode. <laughs> and I like Bill Burr as a comedian, don't get me wrong. He's a little a little overly Boston for me, but for the most part I enjoy his comedy and he's a, he's a <laughs> he crushed the acting, I thought, in this in this he's, role. And he's funny. I also watched uh King of Staten Island on Empress the plane to, to Washington with Pete oh, Davidson. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Burr crushes it in that movie too. So maybe I'm a little biased because I saw that. But I'm I've been blown away by Bill Burr's acting uh, chops and this episode. It is I surprising. Really Have you ever seen F is for Family on Netflix? Uh, the the cartoon? No, I know he's uh, one yeah, of the voices, but uh, 
he's like the right it's all about his like past life so it's just a bunch of boston it's maniacs like, getting drunk and talking shit pretty about much so through maniacs. the whole episode in the in the effort for family show he talks about how he's gonna throw your his son through the wall because that's how he grew up he's like i'm gonna fucking throw you through the wall you act like that again so i just kept saying that throughout the episode he's gonna throw that guy through the wall he's gonna throw that uh trooper through the wall because uh, that's what he says on the whole show. Now he talks a lot. He doesn't do. I mean, he does some damage. He's a sharpshooter, but uh, he he his mouth does most of the damage. He's a pistol. Yeah. He doesn't I love miss. the scene. He's where a stormtrooper that doesn't that miss. Guy. Yeah. And he's like uh, to the Empire, right? And they fucking like they all cheers, and he just shoots the guy in the chest. <laughs> it's like fuck. That was, that was dope. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this episode, Z. I think there's a couple significant things that, that we should touch on before we move on. The first one is um, Mayfeld. So Mayfeld as a character is interesting because I thought he was absolute trash in season one. He was one. He was involved Agreed. in an episode that I felt was probably the lowest point of this season, of this series as a whole. I hated the episode. I hated the character. I thought it was like the cocky sharpshooter kind of trope that was like, I just didn't like it. I thought it was garbage. In this episode, Bill Burr, I agree, has an opportunity to like kind of push Mayfeld forward in the sense that we get to see that he was an Imperial that was involved in operations that he didn't agree with. He, uh, that's why he deserted the uh, Imperial Army, and um, he actually had a heart. Like he, he was, he cared about the people that were killed during that operation, and um, you know he thought his commanding officer was a villain so much so that he risked his own life to be able to put a bullet into him. And that is a very fucking riveting story, and I agree that Bill Burr did a great job. Um, kind of brought the character to another level for me, like, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think we need to touch on is the conversation he has with Mando while they're on their way to the, to the big base. They're in a, um, in a land cruiser, and he's talking to Mando as they're, they're kind of uh, passing like poorer families and, and he's saying that you know everybody has a line that they like to draw until things get messy and mm-hmm. um a- a- among many other things he's also kind of saying like yo if you're poor the republican empire are pretty much the fucking same like they're all just ruling bodies and you know they all do fucked up shit which i think is an interesting thing moving forward but um mm-hmm. with mando we've we've kind of seen him have this creed this like religious zeal about his version of mandalore never show your face never take your helmet off you know like all of these kind of rules that he's lived his life by and um that's kind of a foreshadowing to what the rest of the episode is because ultimately things get hairy and mando has to take his helmet off he has to take his helmet off in the middle of this pretending to be uh an imperialist and then afterwards um you know he kills a number of imperialists who quote-unquote, could be innocent to, you know, what's going on. And so I think that he bends a lot of his rules to kind of accomplish his mission, which makes Mayfeld's kind of foreshadowing correct. Like, you have a line, that's fine, but you cross it when things get hairy. Everybody does. And um, I think that's going to matter moving forward. Absolutely. It will. And I and we won't take up too much more time, but I think that the whole black and white um aspect of life is just not existent um you can you can force that uh perception on yourself or on, among others but it's just not the way like there's no like i know this is the way um but 
black and white is not the way. It's there's there's a lot of gray in the world, and to be so specifically um, disciplined to one belief or one uh, way of life, it's I mean it's, it's almost ignorant. You know, like the, you gotta be a you gotta be flexible. You gotta be uh, understanding. So it is interesting. And I think Dinjarin is like gonna transition into more of like a flexible. I mean. I, Actually, I don't know if I'd say he's going to transition into more of a flexible belief system, but I think he's going to be confronted with that soon. Like, either you're going to be black and white, or you're going to be flexible, and it's going to be like a car crash confrontation that his character is going to have to, de- going to, have to deal with coming up. Yep. It's huge. Okay. I don't really have any other thoughts on that one. I mean, it was pretty straightforward episode for me. So, um, wasn't anything like particular that stood out other than seeing Pedro Pascal's face for the first time. Second time. Second time. So chapter 16, chapter 16, chapter 16 is called the, the, the rescue. Um, in this episode, they enlist the help of Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves uh, to board Gideon's ship. Uh, Mando and Dune will uh, board an Imperial shuttle and capture Dr. Pershing, Pershing if I'm correct on that one. Um, and Bo-Katan's obviously goal is to get the dark saber because it makes her the ruler of their culture. I'm gonna say that right. And Nemando Lorne considers helping them to uh, eliminate or uh, helping them to liberate Mandalore. Uh, they use the shuttle to get close enough to crash land on uh, Gideon's cruiser, and while Fett is pretending to attack them, so it's kind of a ruse, right? It's kind of a you know trap and. Obviously, it wasn't that big of a ruse, but they just it was they were able to get the bay doors open and slam their ship in there, and uh, jump out like badasses because it was like uh nineteen it was like a nineteen eighties uh, hairband metal scene with like fog coming out and the the band members were about to hit the stage and uh, the audience is like waiting in anticipation and all of a sudden, you know, it's just car uh, Boke Tan and and Dune, which Dune is, she's kind of a badass. She's you sad. know, she's kind of like, um. Dune. She remind, She was kind of. Dune. Dune sucks. Yeah. Dune. We've been over this. You Dune don't. Sucks. You don't like. I mean, her character's pretty fucking good. Beastie though. She's kind of like. She's yeah. Like, I mean, um, like Amos in the Expanse. I don't know if you guys get that. She no. is. I would say she's like that character from like Predator. Not. You know, uh. Um, Amos, Amos she's has like the a muscle. Fucking like. Amos is a way better actor than what's her name. They're pretty much you the know. exact same. I think it's like a one to one comparison character? all the way across the board. They're the same no, actor. They're very same, the same character. character. Amos does not I, have that I agree with Zach on this one. On his face every time it cuts to him, like he's fucking tough. Like he is a good actor. He always For, has a smirk on his face. Gina Carano is an actual MMA so person. Yeah, so she would probably beat his ass actually. She's in RL. Oh, for sure yeah. she would. But that doesn't mean she's a great actress. She looks like she's pretty 
pretty buff. Like, I'm not even like. I don't know though, dude. The, the actor that plays Amos is. He's quite a quite <laughs> a large. He's a fight, actually. This, I, I mean, let's get a this case. This is such man. a random tangent. I did not mean to to put us on this. Amos but... versus Cardoon, <laughs> dude. That'd be a fucking battle for the ages. I dude. would fucking pay what? some pay. Okay, quickly, money. quickly. Let's just do like rapid fire. Who wins? Jordan, go. Amos. The characters, though. Amos Peter. All right, Jr. I think so. If it's the characters, I'm gonna go with Dune. She's fucking rabid. Like she's will headbutt she you and bite a, you. And... More of a heart than Amos, though. I think. Yeah. Amos is. Uh... I'm going Amos. All right. He don't... Let's move on. He don't. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh... So Book Tank, Kozak, Finnick, and Dune fight through stormtroopers to. To the cruiser's trip. Meanwhile, Mando um, heads off to look for the child um, and encounters Gideon with the Darksaber over the, the child's head, who looked sort of weak at that moment. You know, looked like he was about to take a nap. Uh, Grogu. And, well, this baby sleeps. He's tired. Um, was it sleepy? He was but, tired. But, of course, <laughs> he's tired. He's baby naps. Um, but, <laughs> but of course Mando doesn't, he has like, the one thing I, 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 I don't know, it's kind of hard to, I guess, wh- uh, I don't know, understand is Mando's so much dedication. Like he, uh, he went from breaking, having one type of like focus in life and, and then just kind of switch that hyper focus to the, to the child. I mean, he was pretty much giving up the dark say, I don't want that. I don't care. Go do what you got to do. I don't think he ever wanted the dark child. There was no, he didn't. What I'm saying is like, he, he has this hyper focus about stuff. Like he, when he, when he's a Mandalorian, the religion his hyper focus was that like, you don't take your helmet off. You don't, but then all of it, like, so, but that hyper focus changed to the child. So when the guy had the, you know, uh, when Golf Gideon was saying, Golf Gideon was saying Moff that Bogatan is here because Moff Gideon was saying that Bo- that that freaking Bogatan was Gideon, Jared Gideon, whatever, um, was there. It was because he she wanted the the dark saber, and he didn't care about any of the deals that he made with her. He's like, I don't care about any of that. Just give me the kid, you Correct. know. And obviously, uh, Gideon is a a, a douchebag, so he douche, you know, douchebag, and double crosses him. And the fight ensues with uh, the dark troopers. Is that what they called them? I don't remember the dark troopers. Yeah, dark and troopers. basically, yeah. it's um, which sets up a a very tough situation for the rescue crew. And uh, Mando gets his butt kicked pretty good. He gets fucking wrecked. Except for his, so yeah, ass. his armor stands up really Eat. well though. So he has to fight yeah. a, a dark trooper. And uh, it's actually pretty cool how it how it happens. Um, the dark troopers are coming out. There's like 30 of them, and he manages to close the door. One of them gets out like Terminator style by putting his hands in between the fucking doors and like ripping the door open before it slams shut, which is perfect because um, it ends up being uh, uh, Mando versus one dark trooper. And I think they do this on purpose because they need you to know really what that fight is is like a power level gauge. You get to see, like, a scale of power levels in that fight. Because you see one Dark Trooper versus Mando, who we've watched work everything that's come in front of him for roughly two seasons now. And he fucking barely makes it out of that fight. 
barely makes he, it out of that fight with just he one. Barely of them. wins. Yeah. So now, if you yeah. have an entire crew of them, I mean, it's almost like you're fucked. Like there's you have no shot. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, he he did defeat. Uh, I I think a, a good point I forgot to mention is he did defeat Gideon in a one on one battle with his easy uh, money. And Gideon spear. knew he was gonna lose. That's why he felt like he needed to like trick mando by saying like yeah take the kid because like i think he kind of knew like in a one-on-one in a enclosed space he had no shot right question right gideon's smart as fuck right or appears to be and if he knew he needed this deception to win the battle wouldn't he know that beskar is gonna deflect his fucking dark saber like if he tries to sneak attack a guy and 100% Beskar armor, like, it's not going to work. Like, wouldn't he know that? Yeah, I mean, I think he would. I, I think that he, he can be a smart person and still overestimate his ability to win the fight. And I think that's what happened. I think he he felt like he would definitely win if he had a couple shots on Mando when Mando wasn't looking. Or he was desperate, and, I guess. Just like, yeah, whatever I can do. And so he did. It's I just, mean, he tricked Mando and then he did, he swung on Mando Mando's back a couple times and it didn't work out, bro. It didn't work out. He shot a shot, dog. He shot a shot. He shot his shot. And, and it clanked <laughs> off the backboard, bro. Like, what do you? What more do you need from this man? He did his best. I just, I want more. I want more. I, we'll get, we'll get into it. All right, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, so the end is upon us. If the last sequence, hint, hint. Um. So at this point, they uh, once the dark troopers are outside, which I do remember them being able to fly, so I kind of knew that they were coming back into the scene. <laughs> they just got into space. Um, they come back and start to uh, force their way back onto the ship, and now everybody's scared shitless. But then all of a sudden, a X-wing appears, a and I don't know anybody else. X-wing. Yeah, a single one. You never see a single one unless it's a very special Oof. person that comes through there with a fake hand. I mean, I don't know. This guy in cloaks shows up. I mean, he's got one leather glove. Green uh, I don't know who that was. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, green. I was like, who is this? Like, is this a new, a new Jedi that shows up no, and just smashes? Um just smashes i mean i thought it was sebastian stan I maybe i don't know i didn't uh, really notice the 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 gloved hand until like the i saw the glove was right the away first thing i saw besides the x-wing i saw the yeah. gloved hand i was like fuck yeah the x-wing by itself and the the the, <laughs> the leather glove and all black um and just the like i guess the way he was walking too was kind of similar it reminded me of the scene from uh rogue one where uh darth vader was walking through the hallways and yeah. just like I think that they did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I did do sure. so. It kind of reminded me of that. So I thought that was uh, very uh, giving on who this was. The green lightsaber, which is I love that lightsaber. Um, Luke best. Skywalker appears and <gasps> saves the day, and it wasn't even like a challenge for him. It was like watching uh, Madden and doing spin moves like and like jumping over like fifteen. Madden. I don't I'd think so. Um, and for the record, yeah. see uh, it, please. I don't know, but um, <laughs> and he sh and he shows up. R two D two shows up, which I thought is I love R two D two is my favorite. Um, 
and is there to because the child did call he did make a a uh, 411 if you will a couple episodes out into the force and who i did not predict luke skywalker to be there i, I really didn't pred- think they would I go me and z predicted that shit no i think we feared this we're like okay so he obviously got in contact with the jedi and I we talked about which jedi it would be i wanted it to be mace windu right yeah, Mace was, Windu. I think you were talking Cal. Was it? We said Cal. Uh, Cal fucking is Jordan. Uh, Cal Kipkis. But Cal, yeah, we thought him. Cal I know Ripken that. Jr. I didn't. I didn't. Been there. Cal um, Ripken is what I was gonna say. Cal Ripken. It should have. Um, Kalel. It should have been, been Kalel. And I'll I'll go more into that later. But yes, it was. Luke but uh, he's there to uh, take the child under training, and the child. This is kind of a sad moment. Mando takes his helmet off. Alicia cried. Child. Did yeah, she dude, really? Tears. Real tears. Dude, yeah, a lot of people cried for sure. Matt, our boy over at I didn't. Hobbs Geek News, he cried his eyes off. Dude, eyes a lot of people off. cried. Oh, this was did, a big, we did this not was like cry. just like a big ass moment in Star Wars lore. We must be pricks because Amber and I did not cry at all. I get the feeling that you don't love Star Wars, dude. We can go into that after we finish right. this. Uh, uh last segment but uh luke skywalker saves the day takes a child leaves um and obviously it's kind of almost like a cliffhanger but not just enough of an ending to make you satisfied but uh there's still a little bit left to explore which i know they're making a season three for the end of 2021 so there we go couple things first of all i think it's important for us to have been able to see mando fight the the dark trooper because then luke shows up and i think you really get a sense of like how fucking crazy powerful luke is like for him to just work his way through an entire dark dark trooper squadron with ease like he's not even moving fast it's like slow he's like fucking force crushing them like it's like this dude's a god which is hilarious because we talked about luke the goat and you were not about it but i urge you to reconsider sir anyway um i wasn't I about it that um the other thing i wanted to mention is his his battle with uh moff gideon so didn't well, i wasn't about luke being the goat no no jr was against luke being the goat and it sounds oh, like okay. he still is. This man still wants to live in ignorance. That's fine. Um, Lucas, definitely no, okay. Ma- he's, oh, he is not he's the, goat. the goat. Um, what? But okay, Who the so fucking touch him. There is no other star. Uh, there is no other um, Jedi out there. Of course, there's no one who's going like, to touch him. Even in the history of Jedi, Ezra, dog, Ezra. Okay, in the history of Jedi, Luke Skywalker is the most powerful Jedi of all time. Like he, for sure. He ends up being maybe not not even at the moment that he takes Grogu as his first apprentice, but at the moment of like his ascending, when like way into the future that we see in the movies, he's the fucking goat. Like he's he is he only gets more powerful as he gets older, and he's already a a giant legend because he fucking beat Darth Vader and killed the Emperor. I mean that's insane. He toppled the empire completely did he really beat darth vader or did darth vader realize what evil he had become 
And he definitely beat Darth I Vader. I don't know. I wait, thought... no, no, no. Wait a minute. There's a scene where he gets Darth Vader on his back, and Luke Skywalker starts raining blows down on Darth Vader, and Darth Vader is just, like, opening them, taking them, taking them, and then he cuts mm-hmm. Darth Vader's hand off. Like, that is a defeat, son. That is a defeat. That's like saying, like, yo, did he really beat that guy as he's just, like, blasting this guy's face know. on the mat? Like, that's a defeat, bro. He, he beat him. I just, my biggest, I love Luke Skywalker. Don't get me wrong. I love the uh, omniance of Luke Skywalker. But I just, if we're going to think about it uh, as in battles and fights, who he's beaten, who's on his card. I mean, that's great that he beat Darth Vader. Um, but he didn't beat Palpatine. Um, he didn't, you know. Like that. Don't roll your eyes. You I don't that. think he beat Darth Vader. I, mean, I don't really think he beat him. I mean, he's, Luke, he got that. Does he technically beat Palpatine? But he came Palpatine? back. No. But he is instrumental in the overthrowing yeah. of the Emperor and he beat the toppling of the Empire. Warrior. There's just, I just feel like there's not enough uh, data What more do you need, dude? I don't want to spend the entire I episode to see, doing this, but like, oh, what fuck. more I do you see need? Him, like, I want to see him fight more I'm sorry. Okay, one question. One question and then we move on. Who's the most powerful Jedi of all time? I believe it's Obi Wan. Obsidious. Obsidious is no. I the reason I say Obi Wan is one. If you watch the first three movies, he is in every battle. He is fighting every Jedi. Uh, he he was, obviously beats Anakin. Obi Wan wasn't even and the most powerful Jedi in on his he team. He doesn't have the M count. He doesn't have the M count, dog. Luke has the he M wasn't count. more powerful than do, Yoda. He wasn't. How more does powerful he not have Mace. the M count? He 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 got killed by Darth Vader, who Luke beat. If oh, we're don't going say off he of got what killed by seen. Darth Vader, he gave up to be more powerful. If he you wanted to be a Force Ghost because he gave up because he knew he couldn't beat Darth Vader. He gave if up. If you strike, he was also ninety, and he said, "If you strike me down, I'll be more powerful than you ever imagined." And he was. So he, don't he, don't say he, Vader. He lost. Beat him. He lost to Darth Vader. Luke beat him. That's all oh, I'm saying. remember when he actually beat Anakin and cut him in half? Because that happened in his prime. In yeah, he cut his legs off. That did. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm just like, Obi, Obi-Wan, to me, always had the foresight to help Luke Skywalker. It's not like, you know, you know Luke is just, foresight? he was like, Yoda. Yoda. Who didn't? Yoda. That's true. I do agree with the Yoda not having it, the foresight. Yoda had no foresight. <laughs> he's the biggest Star Wars fan I know, and he's like, I'm on Team Zach. Like, <laughs> there. And he's got. And he gets all this respect okay. and all this credit. Does he also agree that, and realize that Luke Skywalker is the GOAT and JR is absolutely wildin' right now? Not fucking Obi-Wan, that's for sure. Anyway. He's Yeah, he's a god. He Oh my he Obi, is not Luke, a, Luke god. a god. Like Luke becomes a god. Yeah, really, dude. First of all, he's already a god at a young age because he he kills the he defeats the Empire, he beats Darth Vader, but then over that over time he ends up doing things that nobody's ever done before. He ends up being able to like mm. be at two places at once. And like fight battles 
with a with a hologram of himself using the force like these are techniques that like nobody can do nobody's ever done that shit before like he ends up like bringing new shit to the force that nobody's ever done it's definitely a it's definitely a discussion <laughs> okay time out time out I, I i hear you and i already know where you're gonna go with that let's 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 pin that i just want to make one quick comment about uh dingerin beating moff gideon so when dingerin the beskar spear which was yeah. dope yes also when the spear was like against the lightsaber and it was started to like glow red and shit that was pretty sick Dingerin beats Moff Gideon and the and takes the dark saber, which ends up being a big deal because Bo-Katan, that was the whole reason why she was there, and um, the reason why she wants the dark saber because she wants to rule Mandalore. Mandalore has like very strict rules about how rulers are um, appointed essentially, and it's always trial by combat. Um, and so whoever has the dark saber, you have to defeat in combat, and then get the dark saber, you become the ruler. So. When Din Djarin walks into that room with Moff Gideon and the Darksaber in his hand, he's essentially the ruler of Mandalore. At that point in time, Unfortunately. he is the <laughs> king of Mandalore. Without a doubt, 150%. And Bo-Katan knows it. And so does Moff Gideon. And that's why Moff Gideon starts kind of trolling. Because he's like, you know, he's talking to Bo-Katan. He's like, no, she's not going to take that. He tries to give it away. He doesn't want it. But it's his. No, he says, oh, you're going to spare my life. This should be interesting. And like smirks. Like he knows what's going to fucking come when he doesn't kill him. Yes. Yes. Because and, of the, the drama of the Darksaber. And this is one of my, my, my predictions. I think that this story can go in a direction in which Bo-Katan and Din Djarin end up becoming rivals to be the ruler of Mandalore. Because in that moment, I think she's kind of like calculating and assessing like, the way to get the Darksaber from Din Djarin is not to take it, like, with him giving it to you, but to, like, either kill him or beat him in battle to, to get it. Then it would be a legit, you'd be the ruler of Mandalore at that point. And so I think that, like, if moving forward, the story could go in a direction in which they end up becoming rivals and try to try, trying to be the leader of Mandalore. That's one of my theories. I have three. He doesn't want it, though. So I don't feel like there's going to be a, a huge thing. He doesn't want to be the ruler of Mandalore. He wants... I mean, at least he did want to take care of Grogu. Now Grogu's gone. Maybe that's his new passion. That's yeah, that's the thing. Because Grogu's not going to be in, in the future. Of I, I don't think Grogu... They're not going to just show Grogu and Luke training together. It's not going to happen. So what they're going to have to find, like, new... Grogu comes back. I just don't think two hundred and fifty year old teen Grogu comes back. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think I think they're gonna have to take the story into a different direction. And what if it I turns into an episode of Full be. House on Tatooine and Teen Grogu comes back? <laughs> he's loved, he's loved sick. and fucking Mando's Danny Tanner and Bill Burr is Jason Stamos. You guys into mm. this? No. Mm-mm. Let me no. let me throw another. Theory. I, oh, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead, Jar. Uh, well, see, this is kind of the problem I do have with Star Wars a little bit is we have such a far in advance under like storylines oh, with I'm it. Glad you brought this up because now, like, you're missing, and maybe this is where they're they're trying to fill in that gap. 
but there is well, what gap though a, that's like where is he during the, these epic battles between Ray and I you can know tell you and, exactly. and all that I can, give, I can tell there was I can, Tano during the whole fucking original trilogy. is he hiding he was, in the swamp like like Yoda was well, or Ahsoka what Tano is He's more of a mystery to me but I can tell you about Luke so there is a there is a six year uh instance in Luke Skywalker's life in which nobody knows what happened. And it's like a free for all for this, this series, he was raging. which is now bringing Luke into it. And the reason why I know that is because what we know is that Luke starts to train Ben Solo. And what we know before he trained Ben Solo is that he had a Academy of Jedi that he were he was training of which Ben Solo, like, did a little mini order 66 and kind of murked all of them and set it on fire and then became Kylo Ren. So well, that's your boy too. So fuck him. I love Kylo Ren. He's my favorite character of this entire title. He's the worst. He's not. Move He's on. the best. Anyway, anyway. So what we have is we have Luke from toppling the empire to training a young Ben Solo and having like a little orphanage of Jedi. There's like roughly six years that we don't know what happened. That, like, this show is now in position to answer for us, essentially, with Grogu as his apprentice. And we don't know if he's going to be part of that, like, massacre. If Ben Solo ends up just massacring him, I mean, that would be really terrible. But um, there's no way. <laughs> there's, no a, there's a six-year window that, 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 we, that nobody knows anything about that, like, this show is in position now to answer for. Hmm. Yeah, they're gonna have to, cause there is. I yeah. mean, unless they just, it is Disney, so it's really hard to say what you know they're gonna do what they want. But um, it's just it's, it's just sometimes it's so discouraging, cause you're just like you want more, but you're like, kind of like how. I honestly think this episode of of Mandal- Mandalorian might have been the best Star Wars thing I've ever seen since oh you're one of those so you're so so you you got the 10 year old in the movie theater for the first time seeing luke skywalker feeling when he was walking down that hallway slaying droids oh for sure okay yeah yeah yeah. okay and brand's the same way a lot of people the same way i get that yeah yeah and it was like almost emotional it was like this is the star like this is the star this is the star wars that like we needed and it's like john fav and his team are totally bringing it back to like its roots and what it's supposed to feel like and so i felt like this was the best star wars thing i've ever seen one of the best star wars things i've ever seen now having this said that so contradictory now, to everything you've said have being said that this episode now <laughs> having said that am i disappointed that they brought the skywalker saga back into mandalorian I am. I am. I'm disappointed. I, 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 that Jedi could, for me, could have been a number of other characters, and I would have had a similar reaction. Maybe even a more, a better reaction to, to this scene. The fact that it was Luke is not what did it for me. It was the drama, the sadness, the danger from the dark troopers the surprise of the single x-wing like it was all of that 
they they teed this storyline up. I mean, it was like a perfect like domino effect all the way down. Like you knew, like I knew, I did I did not predict Luke Skywalker. I mean, I was hoping for a new Jedi to appear because it'd be really cool to go down that path of a so new was Jedi. I. Um, Jordan. I, I I even even if it was Mace Windham, I was excited about it because I mean, at least we get to see something different. Um and uh but they they teed it all up. I mean, the way if you look back on everything, everything was for this moment <laughs> and you're like is it for the Luke Skywalker moment or is it for uh uh you know, a storyline that was is supposed to continue. I think they're going to end the Groku conversation i think this is, is it for the child it's not going to be in the, it's it's done and the mandalorian is going to head towards mandalore stuff that's what i think is going to happen this this i would and like to counter that I with my second happen. theory i think that the mandalorian as a whole might be over for a minute you think mando's character yeah, is over? i think but they aren't they making a season be. three i think it should be i think that they might shift that like time slot or i mean it's it's a streaming service but like i think they might shift friday to stream. The, the book of boba fett <laughs> until Which until the book we'll definitely do a boba fett, fett one because i think that Which like the, the mando story is and this is just a theory same as my last one i i have no fucking idea but like it feels like it's in a place where they can kind of put a pin in it for a minute and move on to well, like other stories like ahsoka and Bo-Katan and all these other things. Like I said earlier, is that they already have signed on for a third season. So like Mandalorian's happening. It's just yeah, what, it's supposed is, to go into production after uh, the book of Boba Fett spinoff. Like the Mandalorian or are it's Mandalorian season three, and then Boba Fett is uh, has a spinoff, and apparently he goes back to uh, Tatooine and kills um, who's that guy that took over for uh, Jabba the Hutt, his apprentice kills him and takes over and becomes the I King guess of the, the mob boss of the or galaxies. Yeah, Boba Fett sits yeah. on the throne of Jabba with Finnick at his side and, and that's the book of Boba Fett. JR, any thoughts on the Skywalker resurgence? Um a, c- a couple of things. One it was cool to see something that is from such a great story, you know, with the first release movies you know episode four five and six like it it was good to see i mean it was daunting like i said he reminded me of darth vader coming the way he did i wasn't like yeah yeah i thought that was cool like i thought that was a like a good like um but it's not like i got over excited about it i you know i as soon as i saw the x-wing i was like oh well it's gonna be luke skywalker (laughs) so and he you know walks in cool luke like always right that's where that term almost came from cool luke um but yeah i wasn't like over like overwhelmed or overexcited or like it didn't take me to that that climactic moment that other things have um and it's really it's really not i don't know i i I just think it's it was something they could that disney threw in it's something that john hey let's get them excited let's get them and it's just throw luke in there um, and I don't think anything is going to come of it. That's why I think that the the child goes. It's this is the end. I think this is just kind of like I don't know if it's going to be a Skywalker like takeover again. I don't think it is. I think they're just going to um, just straight out just hey let's uh 
Let's throw something fun. Oh yeah, let's throw some Luke in there and digitize his face. And I mean, it's just I feel like that's how it is. I don't know. I don't see anything big. I'm I'm trying to see some more. They've got some other shows coming out. I mean, they've got um, Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, they Ash uh Ash I can't say her name. Um, Rosario Dawson. Uh, Ashkoka, Ashkoka. I say it Rosario for me. Ashkoka Dawson. Ash. Yeah. yeah. Um. And she's gonna be in there. Um. Set in the timeline of the Mandalorian. Do you like Star Wars? I'm sorry. I gotta know. <laughs> do, do I like Star Wars? I yeah, like Star Wars. I, I just I feel like you don't. I feel like you're low-key just like trudging no, I, through this. I don't um I don't hate Star Wars. I the, <laughs> so you I, the, I've had like the same it. and I've said as many I don't love it. I don't hate it. The hate's a really strong word. Nobody I I love hate, I like Star Wars. It. I like You said I don't. I <laughs> you, you I uh, enjoy I I enjoy certain things about Star Wars, but there are a lot of things I don't enjoy about Star Wars. I enjoy the books. Like if you read Star Wars books, they're one of the most fascinating things to read. And there's a lot of things that they've pulled out of the books. And I've I've actually heard that they haven't given a lot of credit to those writers yet about some of the things that they're pulling out of those books. Disney? Um but blasphemous. I know. I know, hey, but uh, Fav and, and Filoni are actually pulling from a ton of material. That, yeah, uh, if anything like pulls kind of from, fan from uh, the EU and giving credit. If to anything that. pulls from the extended universe, yeah. it's the Mandalorian. They they have pulled so many. Yeah, I mean, I love. They're pulling a ton from that. Yeah. Especially yeah, Johnny Johnny Fav is is a is a guy, he's a great uh, writer and a great director. So it's not like anything bad. Um, and he actually he's kind of done this before a little bit, you know, uh, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. He was on he, he he wrote and direct. I mean, he directed Elf and he kind of had a lot of influence with a lot of the old uh, animated movies uh, for Christmas, um, those shortstop movies, you know, so he really does kind of he gets inspired and he starts writing about it, which is great. I think it's great. But um, I just I've read the books and the books are so intense and they're so intriguing and and then I watched some of this and I've watched the movies like the f the first uh episode 4 5 and 6 I absolutely love. I love those characters. I totally uh <laughs> I totally dig that stuff and I totally I actually I mean I know the first 3 episodes episode 1 2 and 3 are kind of dramas but I actually kind of like them. I'll be honest. I kind of love uh, episode two. I love seeing Anakin. I love seeing the fighting. I love seeing the where they took that next. Step. I'm just having a hard time these days. I hated the last three. I'll be honest with you. I loved Rogue One, but I hated the last three. Rogue One um, was great. Um, and I, and I just they keep they. It's like they keep. I don't know. I'm just not having such a great time with it. Um, and I like the Mandalorian because like. Before Luke got there, it was completely different, right? We're getting to see something. Um, Makes the and it made me laugh, bigger. and it's really, it is really good right? writing. Yeah, and it, it really is good writing. It really is. I mean, we're getting to see some guest uh, actors, which is great. But um, as a whole, right now, my Star Wars level has gone down quite a bit. That's like, fair. I fuck with yeah. all that. I, yeah. I, one thing, and then I think we, we should we should pass to Jordan because I know he's got he's got a lot of thoughts he wants to lay on us. Um, I, um, I, I can recognize that, that the last three Star Wars movies are not widely accepted as great. Um, 
I love Kylo Ren, and I know that's an unpopular opinion. Um, I have heard that it could be possible that John Fav and the team are using the Mandalorian to retcon a lot of the things that happen in those three movies. Like um, redo it. Yes, because it was done trash. I mean, one of those movies was like a space chase that never amounted to I don't anything. even remember the second one at all. It was like that's trash, how dude. Like there I can't, are I know a I lot watched of gar- it. That, it's a lot of garbage. I'm I'm not for sure it's not great. So yeah, just take that in, uh, I, like I I hear everything you're saying. This might be like the attempt to fix it. Cuz I think I'm, John Fab and and Filoni are like mm-hmm. actual legit Star Wars fans that are like doing it correctly as opposed to just randos that like did those three if, but uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. It'd be great to see Luke redone. I'll be honest with you. Like, you get to kind of see. And they're what... in a position to do it now because they're like, I oh, will be... what was Luke doing before the yeah. First Order? Let's think about that. It could be a retcon, it could be fixing the timeline. But let's sit back and listen to Jordan's yeah. shit on everything I just said. I just don't know what happened to you, man. <laughs> Like, we would have these talks, and we talk about the Skywalker saga, and we're like, let's let the universe grow. Let's get out of this fucking saga, and let's, let's see something fresh. Let's see something new. And yeah. Yeah. kind of, our prayers were answered with The Mandalorian. It was fresh. It was new. It had yeah, references, yeah. but the best, the best kind of references, where it was like pulls from Clone Wars, or pulls from Rebels, or pulls from the EU, like stuff we haven't seen already in the Lucas universe. And here you come, promoting the resurgence of Luke Skywalker like it's genius. And you're not promoting like it's genius. I get, I Am get, I? I, get, I know, I know. I'm just giving you shit. I'm giving I? you shit. But <laughs> I still don't sense the frustration that I want to see from you. And, and this is exactly what we predicted Disney would do. And is that because of the last trilogy? Yes. 100%. If that last trilogy never happened, I would have had the biggest hard-on for the fucking finale. But instead, it was like a slow fart of a finale. Just a little... <laughs> oh, wow. That's so shit just shit. <laughs> that coming. Literally predicted it. And now we're trying to like find reasons. Oh, like, my god! Why was that the right decision? Why was that the right thing? Like, it was overwhelmingly disappointing. But what happens next? And, and, and that's what I'm excited about. And I hope they do it right. But I am I am nervous because there is a third season of The Mandalorian that's already confirmed, and now there is a season. Uh, it is the Book of Boba Fett, which which is which will come out first, dope, and then the Mandalorian. How many Mandalorian will start. seasons do we need going on at once? What are your guys' thoughts on CGI and great actors to reprise roles from their youth? How do you feel about this? Because it's been a new trend. Started with Pac. <laughs> live in concert and and now it's just happening Ayo. around us like like i feel weird about it if i'm being honest i feel like it's like a a, a discre- like it's a disgrace to art but what do you guys feel disgrace uh, to art i think it's like I, an ode to art i think it's like an ode to like the the actors that played these characters granted the cgi looks it looks trash. like it's wrecked. clearly it's, yeah it is clearly a CGI situation, but it's still Mark Hamill reprising his role. And so I think that like for the sake of kind of posterity, like for like him, 
being able to bring Luke back to the people, like that's dope, dude. Honestly, I get like, the love for Star Wars. I get if, it. I, if I get this it. if this experiment experiment with you guys, like following the Mando and doing this whole thing, has taught me anything, <laughs> it's that like I'm a fucking huge Star Wars fan, and, <laughs> and I and, and like it's funny to you guys, but like I didn't actually like realize that about myself until like just a couple days ago when I thought about like all the all the season finales or, or movie like premieres I've gone to by myself. I've literally spent the night at movie theaters by myself before all like I'm a, I'm Loki kind of a, like a purist. Like I, I'm really into this shit. So maybe, maybe that is true. Like maybe the fact that Luke has shown up has like got me all giddy. Cause I love star Wars and I can tell you guys don't as much. Well, I was gonna say, like, it, it is kind of hard. Uh, I, I've, I've actually talked to many Star Wars fans, uh, in the last, I don't know, couple years, and they're just like I'm a Spider Man fan. I'm willing to put aside some of the mistakes or some of the things and some of the issues because you're such a fan. So I get the love and the the lore for Zach on the Star Wars and some of the things that are, are hyping him up. People were hyped up about Luke. I had, particularly in the comic book story they're talking about, and they're so hyped up about it. People cry. See him from their childhood. Not me. I didn't cry. But real Uh, people cried. Like actual people cried. Yeah, they were so hyped up about it. And I understand. Uh, I didn't cry. There was no tears. I don't even know how to cry, but actual people cried. Like real hard ass gangsters cried. He's crying right now. Thugs cried and shit. Like actual people. It's okay to cry. Street cred fucking cried. You know what I'm saying? I understand. I understand. Um, I, do, I, I just, I, uh, I'm kind of on that same thing where it's really hard to get super into it because in the grand scheme of things, I like the grand scheme of things. Like if I could, if I didn't know about Ray or anybody, you Mando would probably be way better. The for finale, me. like no, I know, like you, have I can't do it. Stuck. They switched up Palpatine stuck. right at Bro, the end. We have a pocket it, of time that we don't yeah, know what happens. It the they're gonna retcon. It means it means nothing to me. It means nothing. It. I hope so. I hope they do. I hope they just said, hey, they're that was actually it. like they did with Star Trek in 2009. They're like, let's just see if we could just switch yes. it all up by changing the time, uh, by going back in time and changing, you know, uh, Kirk's, uh, George, Kirk, uh, um, Captain Kirk, George Kirk, and he actually died. And no, what, uh, uh, I'm start, uh, Captain Kirk's dad is called George Kirk. Let's He's, not get into this. You're right. And so he, You're right, whatever the yeah, conversation so, is. But Ooh, he, Star uh, Trek. Yeah, um, but he, uh, so he changes, and it, it, I, I, I hope, I hope, I, and there were some cool things about it, but it's just so hard to get into it. This is why I love the books, because there's so much. I'm, I'm reading a timeline in the very beginning, you know what I mean, before, and you're not, like, there's so many great things, but I also got, I also stopped reading the books, too, because I got to the point where I'm at, um, Return of the Jedi or whatever, and I'm like, I fucking know what happens, <laughs> like, I don't want to read this book now. Like yeah. I know what happens, yeah. and I actually think Disney's gonna do a great job. Well, they have the money to do a great job, so that's that's the great thing they're about putting Disney. the right people. Like they're putting the right decision makers in place. Well, they have like, to. If they Fav don't, then it's Filoni, just gonna bomb these guys the are these guys are the right guys to be running. No, this, I totally this, agree. This I totally agree with that. And also, but like overall as a whole, we've got to start telling stories outside of this time we, we have, have to, to move past we have it. to we have we have to well yeah I, I would totally love that with new characters and new 
like villains and like a new problem. We just we just have to. So yes, and and get over this whole anti-government within this timeline. That's fine. My third theory is um, the series takes a turn towards Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon is still alive. Moff Gideon uh, openly admitted to needing Grogu's blood. And we don't really know why he needed Grogu's blood. And I think that the series could turn into like a um, almost murder mystery like Moff Gideon escapes, but then they like try to track him down, and then they track him down and try to realize why they need Grogu's blood, and then like the the ultimate ending is that they need Grogu's blood because they're going to uh, create a clone of Emperor Palpatine, which could ultimately end up being Snoke, and oh. I think that would be that would be interesting. Um, and actually, Palpatine did die, but it's actually a clone. That fights Ray at the end, and they need force power to create that clone. And then so, and it would, and that would be another. Honestly, it could be part of the retcon because, like, then Snoke doesn't become some random fucking villain, but yeah, his... becomes a clone of Palpatine, which Grogu's blood helped create, which then makes it makes it all make a little bit more sense. Um, Mandalorian is happening. I mean, they have a third season. What's it going to be about? Which is interesting. I feel like it's going to be about Mandalore. I feel like it has to be about Mandalore. I feel like it has to be about the Darksaber. So it's going to be Bo-Katan versus versus Din Djarin. In in, uh, control of Mandalore is like the ultimate goal. But I don't think that... And Grogu essentially is going to get phased out of the But there is a seg... There is a conversation they have in Chapter 15, Boca and Mando, where she's like, I need the ship to retake Mandalore, and if everything goes right... I want you at my side. And he goes, okay. And he said, fuck you. No, he said, okay. He didn't care about anything she said. No, he wanted no, to he get... Was, yeah, he, he said, I mean, Grogu. He, no, he wanted he said, to get Grogu he, back. Like, whatever it yeah, took yeah, he, to get Grogu back. And, but he... Dinger and said he would he help He essentially her. said, okay. He double-crossed her applesauce her. I don't think he double-crossed her. I think that's, what, that's, what that's that? foreshadowed. Double-crossed applesauce? It's crisscross applesauce. He didn't give two shit. He's about to give that shit up. I don't care. He double-crossed her applesauce her. Oh, let's get into right, this. All right. You know what sounds good? Chicken McNuggets. Uh, I am on my sixth beer of 8.3%, so I will go first. <laughs> I think this uh, chapter 15 was craft. I think that chapter 16 was, well, was craft as well. Uh, neither of these episodes are trash. No, no episode in the season was trash. trash. I was about to go ham. <laughs> I wanted to so bad. But I think that this was actually a, a good season, and I think that... Uh, chapter 15 was better than chapter 16. I think I gave chapter 15 a, a 7.5, and I gave chapter 16 a 6. Um, and I've given all of my reasons why, I think. I think chapter chapter 15 surprised me. Bill Burr's character, I was a little annoyed they were bringing him back and surprised they brought that character back after his, in my opinion, flop in season 1. But he did a really good job, and it was... Agreed. There was tension, there was drama, there was heart... There was great dialogue, great conversation, good action. I thought it was just a really good episode. Um, and then chapter 16, was there was a lot of action. It happened, like a lot of stuff happened really fast. And it was entertaining. But I just was really disappointed with the expected outcome that happened. So I, I have 7.5 for 15 and a 6 for 16. JR. Um... I agree. I mean, I, I, all the episodes were great and entertaining. 
Like, I wasn't, like, disgusted by any of them. Um, so definitely all craft. And I think, for me, it's a little bit more even. Um, 6.5 for both. Um, I'm impressed. It was great to see. Um, it's great to see. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, the Bill Burr character was fun to watch, but it wasn't, like, exciting to me the i do like a little bit more 15 because i the helmet thing was a big deal uh for me um but i think the action was a little better in i love the fight against gideon and and mando so i thought that was pretty dope and um i love that he was double uh, uh <laughs> double cross applesauce everybody <laughs> and um just for his focus purpose so um yeah i think a 6.5 for both is probably um, my rate for both of them. What a non-Star Wars yeah, fan would say. Okay, Zach. I'm not a I'm non. Well, I get he's disgusted. Six point five sevens. These are absolutely asinine numbers, bro. Are you absolutely <laughs> out of your mind? <laughs> You're like All right. a-holes. <laughs> Chapter fifteen was an incredible episode in which they brought a character that I didn't fucking like into this episode and made me love him. They gave him a heart. They gave him a reason why they gave him a, um, kind of a, uh, like a, a bad decision that came from his, like his, his reason why. And I believed in it. I thought it was dope. So I'm going to give that episode a eight. I think it, which is pretty much on par. It wasn't like the craziest episode, but it was heart. It was Dingerin having to face his kind of like demons and in, in like his evangelical beliefs. And, and it was this Bill Burr character who I hated ending up love. That was, that was pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Chapter 16. Chapter 16 is seriously one of the best things in Star Wars I've ever seen. In my oh, life. God damn it. It's a, it, it is the reason why I, I have given other episodes lower ratings because I fucking knew that something like this was coming. I just knew it. I knew it. And here we get that exact thing. Luke showing up, murking the dark troopers, Grogu saying goodbye to Dinjarin, him taking his helmet off with everybody looking at him, knowing that they're looking at him, not giving a fuck, saying goodbye to his little, his son, giving him to the Jedi. You mean mean everything you predicted is what you're saying. It's a 10. 10? It's the best. It's one. It's, it's not the best, but it's up there with return of the Jedi with rogue one. It's literally up there with some of the best star Wars experiences. I've ever mm. seen. Rogue One's up there, by the mm. way. Don't sleep Rogue on Rogue One. There. You fell asleep in the theater, yeah, bro. One, I was like... with you. I was with you. I've seen it multiple times since then, Jordan. <laughs> bro, <laughs> this episode, this single episode, had you, like, fearing for Dingerin's life, had you fucking rooting for him I to never get the Darksaber, had life. you realizing that, like, oh, shit, now he's the ruler of Mandalore, had you questioning, like, what is that X-Wing? Had you fucking in awe of Luke Skywalker murking all those dark troopers? And then had you crying when Grogu had to leave Din? It was, like, all the emotions. It was well-written. It was well-done. And it was amazing, bro. 
and like I didn't cry, but a lot of people cried. You cried for sure. You cried the hardest. You cried harder than it was anybody else on this planet. Dude. You cried harder. In fucking incredible. And more than anything, it tells you that the future of Star Wars is in great fucking hands, dude. Great hands. They are going to take this thing to the stars and back, bro. I I believe in Fav and Filoni. I believe in them, dude. They're I agree. The I like I like those guys. Look, 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 look. We have our thoughts. We are a we're amateurs on our thoughts. Let's go to the fucking comic book world genius of Anthony and see what he thinks. Hello, this is Anthony Grimoire coming in with my uh, opinions on the Mandalorian season two finale. Um, in a word, it was awesome. I've been writing about it for the last, um, I don't even know what it is now, two weeks now, week and a half at this point. The entire finale was spectacular. It was a good conclusion to the arc set up in season two, and season one for that matter. It offered some really good character moments, I thought, for Cara Dune and uh, Bo-Katan. Bo um, but of course, the thing everyone's talking about are two real things. Um, one, the whole Darksaber, um plot point, you know, how um, Din Djarin's going to deal with owning the Darksaber. I think personally he'd make a good uh, ruler for Mandalore, but, you know, uh, there's going to be some confrontations with Bo-Katan going forward. He's going to talk about the... I think Season 3 is going to really focus on the whole who is in charge of, this, of the culture, who's in charge of the planet, who's going to help rebuild the culture after this. A lot of really cool themes of um, tradition versus um, breaking free of your tradition. So, like, with the whole, like, the way that, you know, Din Djarin is all like, I have to keep my helmet closed, I can't show him my face, and now it's obviously, he's taken off his helmet, he's shown himself, uh, it's, it's it's interesting what the dynamics this thing are for that, but I guess everyone wants to talk about Luke Skywalker, um, it's, he's, he's pretty good in this, he, it was a surprise, didn't expect it, but I also kind of, the muscle wasn't shocked, if that makes sense, um, I knew they'd have to bring in some notorious Jedi, well, famous Jedi for the uh, finale, I figured it would be Ahsoka coming back, but um, no, Luke Skywalker. I love how they gave him a chance to really uh, fill in the blanks between uh, Jedi and The Force Awakens. I really like how they're setting up some stuff here. Really bridge the gap between the two trilogies. Because that's one problem a lot of people have with The Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy. It was very much a... Um, it, it felt disconnected from one another. They felt like they were separate things. And I like how they're, with The Mandalorian, with... Rangers, they're really, well, with the Rangers when it comes out, with Ahsoka, with the book of uh, Boba Fett, I love how they're really bridging the gap, kind of adding their own little trilogy of sorts, their own little universe between the trilogies, and really showing this, that this world is in flux. I feel that history will be very kind to the Disney era, because we'll have everything at once, we'll be able to watch it chronologically, we'll be able to see how every component added up, and I think that's going to be really exciting to see develop over the next several years. I don't think Luke Skywalker showing up was is going to change the, the, the trajectory of the show as much as some people do. I think Luke will be maybe have a few cameos throughout the series from here this point onward, but I feel like what we're seeing right now is how our characters interact with the established continuity, and I'm really excited to see what season two, what season th three, I'm sorry, brings, what Rangers of the, Rangers of the uh, New Republic brings, what Ahsoka brings, and of course, what the Book of Boba Fett brings, because that, uh, that post credit scene, that was um, something. 
going on with all that Bib Fortuna nonsense. I, uh, well, that's my feelings in general. I think it's a really good finale. Um, I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm excited to see what comes next. Um, and I feel like it's going to be even more exciting to see the finished product, to see how all these plot threads established by different creatives, different directors, all tie together in the coming uh, years of Disney Star Wars. So that's my opinions right there. If you like my opinions here, you should uh, check out my podcast, the Pumpkin Core Horror Movie Podcast, where I talk about horror movies and all that stuff. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, And uh, that is my contribution for this time. Take care, guys. All right. We love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy your holidays. We totally uh, appreciate you. Uh, This has been fun. Stay safe out there. And uh, (laughs) good night. This is the way.